Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Let's do the work right day! Welcome to the podcast panel show that wants to do the right thing in any situation. For example, what is the best way to treat a stab wound? The answer is with the utmost seriousness. You're bleeding for fuck's sake! <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, on my right. If anyone knew who he was, he'd be on Grumpy Old Men. It's Michael Legg. <laughs> and with him, if anyone still cared who he was, he'd be on Grumpy Old Men. It's Robin Inch. She's like David Jason, ironed out. It's Margaret Cable's name. <laughs> and with her, a woman who is as long as she is Josie, it's Josie Long. <laughs> it's time for the first round, the importance of being right. The importance of being right. The World Wide Web can provide you with answers to any question, almost as fast as it can proliferate hatred. So according to Wing Commander Internet, what is the right thing to do in the following scenarios? Margaret and Josie, this one is for you. You've both been invited to a swanky party. It's black tie, so Margaret gets her knees out and Josie puts on her best homemade T-shirt. <laughs> People tweet me and they say, I like that t-shirt you were wearing, where did you get it? So, actually, That's sarcasm. Oh. Oh. Should we get back to the, uh, the, the scenario? Sure, sure. sure. I'm a... wearing a t-shirt and the t-shirt says, I love kittens. <laughs> I oh, no, no, I've got Play-Doh, just in case I meet someone I want to make a Play-Doh heart for. <laughs> There is a free bar and you both oh, make cool. the most of it, collapsing into a drunken spoon with each other. Oh, but, but while you're sleeping, some evil bastard flies you to an uninhabited island. You both, you both wake with a colossal hangover and a ripe thirst on, but according to the worst-case survival handbook, what is the right way to find water on a deserted island? Hang on, so the whole black tie thing was irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you haven't heard the show, have you? <laughs> Listen to every single one. And I really like it, and I'm not even exaggerating. So, uh, how do you find drinking water on a deserted there's a, island? There's an island. See if there are any bottles of water, <laughs> <laughs> or or a shop. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I know the answer to this one. I think. Oh no, I don't know. It depends whether Josie's brought any plastic bags to this swanky do. Have you? Of course, I have. Okay. Uh, uh, I think, I think I you put it. it on the ground and put a stone on it until it sweats. Is that correct? What? Might be correct. <laughs> do you know what I might do is like look to see if there's any like waterfalls. 
You're quite right. I think Josie at the end there has got, what I'd use is my eyes and my ears. I'd look around the island to perhaps see where things were growing, and that would suggest there was some water there before I went, have I got any fucking plastic bags and a stone? <laughs> oh, hang on, I think I left them near that river. Hang on, I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> For the length of scenario build-up, there's a lot of flaws in these narratives. Michael, if you had to be on an island with one of these three, who would you pick? Robin, definitely. There's nothing I would like more than to see Robin stranded on an island. <laughs> and, and the very thought that I couldn't be there to see it would break my heart. Even if it meant you were also stranded. I, 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 I don't care about it's that. Really that's really cutting that's, your nose that's, Yeah, that, that, that's insignificant. And the very fact that finally, after months of starvation, dying of thirst... He'd probably find a wild boar and kill it and cook it. I would just annoy him by going, But well, you know I'm vegan, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> that would upset him for a long time. I'll just go back to eating sand. As long as he's angry, I'm happy and alive. It's what keeps me alive. <laughs> Do you know what? I've just realised if, if I could choose... No offence, Robin, I, I love you to pieces, but if I if I'd choose any, it would have to be Margaret, really. Because when Margaret and I first met... Because if you're on Dead Island, I mean, you're going to die there, aren't you? You're going to die. And I did tell Margaret when we first met that one day I would kill her. This is true. It was, it was, it was almost the first thing yeah. you said to me. <laughs> Genuinely. Hang on, when was that? Because that's about the first thing I ever said to Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> would you rather be by yourself or with any other person? Yeah. Um, really? Yeah. Even Daz Sampson. Who is? Uh, does anyone remember Daz Sampson? He was the one that did that creepy song for the Eurovision, which was about playgrounds. <laughs> a few years ago. And is the winner of every annual competition of the worst threesome we can think of between me and my friends. So yeah. Who holds that? Competition? And I just, <laughs> it's a national thing. Robin. We don't invite you. You're on the list. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I feel no moment of going, oh, because just the fact that, therefore, you've imagined... <laughs> You're right, you win. And the you anger win. that will have created for you. And now the fact that people listening may be imagining it as well, this awful me with a guy... Sorry, you sang what in the Eurovision? Oh, hang on a minute. I'm just, sorry, I'll take this glove off. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you fell into a trap there of your own making, <laughs> no, didn't you? As if you no. wanted to, from a Freudian analysis. <laughs> Ben, um, what, uh, what does your thing say? <laughs> Good. It gets more and more like QI all the time. <laughs> Try to keep what it What is loose. the thing? Well, it gives seven techniques. Ooh. Collect rainwater in a container. A helmet will work, it says. Um, collect dew, tie rags around your ankles and walk in grass or foliage at sunrise. The dew will gather on the material. Uh, number three, if the island has a green interior, this is an indication of fresh water streams. I think Robin and Josie get a point for this. Yes! Number four, catch fish. The area around a fish's eyes contains drinkable liquid. Oh. Fish flesh contains drinkable water. Squeeze raw fish through clothing to extract it. Oh. Um, and your best clothing, because you've been in that black tie do as well. <laughs> well, Michael and Robin, here is your scenario. It's your birthday. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> Closer to the grave. <laughs> but no one has remembered. You're feeling very sorry for yourself when you hear a little mew in your kitchen. It's your cat. You know your cat won't let you down, not on this special day. What's he got you? A wee fit? A voucher for a meal at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant? No, the stupid prick has bought you a collection of dead mice and birds. Again. But according to the ASPCA website, what is the right way to stop your cat bringing you dead things? 
You just going, I'm a vegan! Yeah. I'm a vegan! <laughs> oh, come on, I'm a vegan! Bad Robin. <laughs> Naughty Robin. I call my cat Robin. <laughs> Do either of you have cats? I had a cat. Oh, God, here we go, the story. <laughs> what happened to it? I don't know. <laughs> you know when you're about to become a vegan, you think, what shall I have for my last meal? <laughs> <laughs> you say, what happened to your cat? And you said, well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know, I was young, it just went away. Uh, I'm a dog person. Thing is, my dog has brought a cat into the house. <gasps> really? Yeah, it was really... He killed the cat. Well, that's sexist, Josie. My dog's a she. You should really give women more credit. <laughs> to be animals. <laughs> I had a cat when I was younger and its name was Casper the Friendly Ghost Cat. Because <laughs> we let my brother name it and we also we had two fish called Fireman Sam and Fireman Sam. <laughs> and also we had a dog called Bonnie Tyler Ward that my dad had named. <laughs> My, uh, my daughter was asked to provide some suggestions for names for her new cousin, and she came up with Milat and Slacho. <laughs> they sound quite cool. What's your daughter's um, invis- invisible friend called? Uh, she's got three. They're called Kerry, Mince and Cret. <laughs> got a problem with that? Cret. Cret. He's 25. <laughs> I don't know why he's hanging around with a three-year-old. Michael and Robin, would you put anything on the cat's collar? No. I would place the cat in a box. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Do a lot of science broadcasting. I had to bring that up at some point. Um, Yes, I would imagine a little ding-a-linging bell Mm -hmm. that would mean that the mice or birds would be warned away before the cat arrived at them. Oh, very clever. Ben, what are, what are the actual answers? Collar bells are largely ineffectual. Instead, the, oh. uh, the website, the ASPCA website, says um, the most effective way is to keep the cat inside your house. <laughs> oh. I once killed a mouse by chasing it round with a bottle of fairy liquid and then squeezing it in its eyes. Oh. <laughs> no? Look, everybody kills mice, yeah? Uh, no. <laughs> We've well, got no. your main trap where I, you know, yeah. What about flypaper? People use that, right? No, no, because you made fly traps. <laughs> You've honestly just reminded me of what happened just two days ago. My dog found, well, let's face it, a human shit. Ah. It was, someone had shit, and it was a proper big Mr. Whippy big shit. And what was worse than catching my dog eating it? It's worse. Ah. No, it's worse than that. It's worse. It was licking it. Like, like, mm, this is refreshing. It's fucking horrible. And I got so angry at the dog being that disgusting that I got a, like a wet one sort of thing out of my, my dog pouch. I know. Yeah, I've got a dog pouch. So what? Can't all be young and trendy like you. With your high heels and flares. Is that what they wear still? I don't know. Right? I know, I got the wet one, and what, because it had human shit round its mouth. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and then I was so angry, I actually got hand gel and cleaned my dog's tongue with hand gel. <laughs> I could tell by her face, she will never do that again. <laughs> Well, you could have just punished the dog by not giving it those lovely kisses you normally do. <laughs> what? Kisses for me? No, you've got a shitty mouth. I love Michael's tiny kisses. Why, why should I lose out because of her? <laughs> I think 
that you failed enjoying the taste. Hey, Ben, who got the points at that hand? Michael and Robert got one, and Margaret and Josie got one. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This next round is Agony, where we read out printed letters to actual Agony aunts sent into magazines by real copy editors. And then see if the team's advice matches. Margaret's been given a real letter to an Agony aunt that appeared in a national newspaper. Would you want to read it out for us? Dear Agony Aunt, my boyfriend gets turned on by bin liners. He likes us to dress up in them, to sleep in them and have sex in them. He also wets the bed. He's a bodybuilder and if you saw him you'd know he's not weird, except for the bin liner fetish. Plus his problem with wetting the bed. I've asked him why he dressed in bin liners and he says they just make him feel good. Is that something to do with wetting the bed? I love the guy. Will he ever get over the bin liner thing? Josie, you're a lady. I am. Would uh, would a man... (laughs) You you like dressing up. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you you started a relationship with a gentleman who liked bin bags, would that put you Mm. off? Do you know, I keep thinking about all these lovely men that I've dumped. (laughs) I'm thinking... Maybe that was a bit harsh. Like, <laughs> none of them did anything approaching anything that fucked up. Like, honestly, if I was with someone... OK, after 30 years together, fine, you're bored of each other, do anything to surprise me, right? But I think my advice would be to leave him really? or to get him to go to therapy, cos, come I'm, on. I'm sort of the opposite. This is the tip of the iceberg <laughs> to me. I'm, this is just normal, isn't it? I think it's fine. fair enough. I think it's a good idea, because if you did kill him, because you just got sick of it, and then put him in a bin liner, just then you go, it's what he would have wanted. I'll be all right. Was only sort of three foot long, mm-hmm. so if you're in together, both in the bin liner, that's only going to go up mid thigh. And then if you put an, oh, I suppose that's six. Okay, fine. Logistically, it works out. <laughs> do you know? So hang on. So you were. Do you know what? I had totally the wrong body. image. I had him dressed in bin liners. Yeah, that's what I thought. How would you dress in the bin liner? The two of them getting in the bin liner. Like I a little sleeping bag. I thought. I think it's like cats in a bag. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that is weird, actually. <laughs> also, what I like is the person writing in obviously doesn't want to have to write two different advice letters. So they've gone like the bin line thing. Also, where's the bed? Could you do that one as well? I don't have two stamps. Just to get that, where's the bed? Also, could you tell me where the nearest Greek restaurant is? <laughs> it's a borough. Thanks. 
Uh, producer Ben, what advice did um, Dear Deirdre in The Sun give? It's Dear Deirdre? Yeah. Those ones are made up, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> the bin liner thing may be hard to change. The roots of a fetish can go deep, she says. If he wet the bed as a child, it's likely he associates the feel of plastic with security, comfort and love. This fetish is harmless, but be careful. No plastic gets around your face at night. And I'm sending you my leaflet, Fetish Worries. <laughs> Um, I, I think Margaret got closest. I think she Margaret didn't mind. got closest because she's a very sympathetic woman. Thanks. I think uh, we have people in the audience who want your advice. I doubt it. No, they really do. <laughs> Is Richard W, aka Dick, here? Hello. I'd love it we... if we just heard a rustling sound and uh, no, thank you. Actually, the last letter <laughs> covered me. <laughs> <laughs> So his problem is, when I was a child, my parents had my foreskin cut off, and I would like it back. <laughs> what should I do? It may well actually be one of the rings of Saturn, because uh, this is true. The, um, yeah. Did Brian uh, Cox tell you this? No, no, no. The, uh, that's why he's always pointing. Oh, it's that one. That's wonderful as well. The, um, the, um, no, apparently the Vatican uh, used to have some balmy old ideas years ago, and um, they used to say that uh, they believe that Jesus's foreskin actually formed one of the, the rings of Saturn. So I'm saying yours probably won't be one of the big outer rings. It'll be far bigger. It's not going to be as big as like Jesus's ring around Saturn, but that, that could well be where it would be. So all you need to do is build a spaceship. <laughs> that's genuinely. I haven't made up. That's, that's, well, I mean, the Catholic fucking Church made it up. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that that, that bit is. Yeah. So the Catholic Church has officially said Jesus has a massive cock. <laughs> if you had to have sex would with you? one oh. religious figure who's possibly mythical, which one would you have sex with? Um, the what? The elephant with, with the arms. Say that along with both of you because that would have been the best moment of all time. Ganesh, his name yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, him. Hasn't he got the head of an elephant though? Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> I just want to say if you want, I'll knit you a foreskin. <laughs> Thank you, that's a very kind offer, thank you. It's my pleasure. I think Josie Long gets those points. Yeah. <laughs> and of course for Josie. Hello, this is producer Ben, interrupting the show to explain that you're about to hear an advert. Take it away, Michael Legg. Hey, Do The Right Thing is coming to the Edinburgh Festival. We're doing four gigs between the 8th and 14th of August. Guests will include Richard Herring, Bridget Christie, Susan Coleman and Adolf Hitler. <laughs> All lineups are subject to change and Hitler is dead so you might not be able to make it. For tickets and more information, go to the internet. And if you want to go somewhere specific on the internet, I'd suggest comedy.co.uk slash PFS hyphen DTRT. Now it's time for Ask the Expert. And this time we have an expert in psychopaths. It's John Ronson. John, you are an expert in psychopaths, and you wrote a book about them. I did. How long have you loved psychopaths? <laughs> I oh, I love them. Spent 
two and a half years with psychopaths. Loving them. Well, I wouldn't say loving them. I'd say sort of being wa- wary around them. <laughs> trying try to stop them from getting inside my head and screwing with me, which, in fact, I failed to do. They got inside my head and screwed with Really? Yeah. If you were a psychopath, what would be your method of killing? Oh, gosh, well, most psychopaths don't kill. It's very, it's in the Venn diagram of psychopaths and killers, it's quite slim. I'm just asking, would you eat them or put them in a bag? That's all. <laughs> but, no, but most psychopaths, because, you know, as capitalism rewards psychopathic behaviour, as history has shown, most psychopaths just do great in business. So it's a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. It's a, it's, it's no. a good thing if you, if you are a psychopath, you tend to make quite a lot of money as long as you don't go down the killy. As route. long as you don't do the killings. Yeah. Well, um, panel, I'm going to give you one minute to question John and uh, get to know him a little bit better, and then we'll put some scenarios to him, and you have to guess what you think he thinks the right thing to do is. So, uh, Josie Long, would you like to start? I just want to ask you about different psychopaths you've met. Like, did you have ones that you stayed in touch with afterwards who, like, weirded you out and then you thought they were your friend and that you'd crack them because you were the best one and then actually they'd crack you? Well, I saw it like all of them in a way, but that's... So, yeah, if you, were, if you were on a desert island but you were only allowed eight psychopaths, <laughs> who would they who's be? Who's my favourite? My favourite psychopath... Um, <laughs> We've all got a favourite. Yeah, no, I do. I do have a favourite of, of my psychopath chums, uh, and it's a man called Tony uh, who faked madness. When he was seventeen, he beat somebody up in Reading Town Centre, and he was on remand. And his cellmate said, "Do you know what you have to do? Fake madness. Tell him you're mad. You'll get sent to some cushy hospital. Nurses will bring you pizzas. You have your own PlayStation. So he faked <laughs> madness, but he faked it a bit too well." And they didn't send him to some cushy hospital, they sent him to Broadmoor. Because they determined that only a psychopath would fake madness to get out of a prison sentence. So he would have done five years for GBH, and he ended up doing 14 years in Broadmoor. Uh, Just because he put two pencils up his nose, his underpants on his head and went (laughs) whipping. Well, Well, one of the ways he faked madness, he told the prison psychiatrist at Reading Prison that he wanted to watch women as they died because it would make him feel more normal. So I said to him, where'd you get that from? He said, oh, a biography of Ted Bundy that they had in the prison library. <laughs> but was he a psycho... So Bundy, was he a psychopath? Oh, or did, uh, no, no, again, in terms of the actual definition, yeah. that, that he would be defined as a psychopath, yeah. and his one was just particularly about, yeah. Yeah, he's one of the killy ones. Yeah. <laughs> um, if I came up to you and went, um, no, I'm the real John Lonson. I'm. You're not you're John Lonson. Would you? Uh, well, that's not a psychopathy, though, is it? What is that? Or psychopathy? What's oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought the imitating of me in a grotesque. No, no, no. Way. I thought was you were doing Brian Cox. Yeah, no, very similar to Brian Cox. When we had you and Brian on, we actually ended up being told that people couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> that, so really? it was a real problem. Is that why I've never been invited on to Planks Constant? I can't. That's not really my area. And that was so. That was. So if th- that kind of thing, then that's not the behaviour of a psychopath mm. to think uh, there was someone else. Then that. Oh that, yeah, no, that, no, no, no. Psychopathy is form... it's not a delusional condition. They they don't hallucinate or have delusions. It's a moral deficiency. It's a lack of empathy, and all the things that go along with l- a lack of empathy, like for instance, a lack of remorse and a grandiosity and a cunning, manipulative nature, and so on. So yeah, no, they're completely sane in in that sense. I would like to ask statistically. How many people in this room right now are likely to be psychopaths? Okay, well, there's, I would say, 100 people in this room. Um, Thank you. That's very nice of you, John. Is there fewer than. No, that's not. No, 50? 50, okay. So, um, 
The statistic is one in a hundred people is a psychopath, so... But everyone knows probably one person that they think yeah. they're so ruthless and they're so charming and no-one susses out what they're like. Uh, I'm interested in what you just said about, about uh, there being... Um... I was scared you are going to be like, you're the psychopath! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who on the panel, who out of the five of us... Is yeah, who psychopath? would be most psychopathic? Michael. Yeah! yeah. We get points, right? We get points. <laughs> no, 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 Michael no. gets a point. I actually genuinely Why felt disappointed for a second. And then I went, hang on. That does sound pretty cool. Pretty cool. We're going to give John some uh, fictional scenarios and you have to work out what he thinks is the right thing to do. So... John Monson, you're walking along having a nice ice cream, uh, you need it in this weather, when a man with a broken arm asks you to lift a sofa into the back of his van. <laughs> How can you refuse? It's only an empty car park. But, oh, no, he clunks you on the head and puts you down a well because he's actually a psychopath and wants to eat you. What is the right way to dissuade a psychopath from killing you? Oh, Michael. you have to say that your skin is really damaged for some reason and it wouldn't be any good when he makes the suit. <laughs> Psoriasis. <laughs> Is it by showing a level of love that is too great towards a person? Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah, so if you're showing fear... Like Patty Hearst. To actually, uh, yeah, to try and create... Try to reverse the Stockholm Syndrome back onto them. Oh, interesting. Margaret, what would you do? I mean, what do I know? I just tried to pick up the microphone and drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what, about, what about if you turned to a... No, I'm going to eat you! <laughs> John, what's the actual answer? OK, if you're really being cornered by an approaching psychopath, I would advocate flattery. Because item one on the psychopath checklist, and there's a 20-point checklist, is grandiose sense of self-worth. One time I was interviewing a CEO called Al Dunlap, going through the psychopath checklist with him. Very successful CEO, asset stripper. When I got to grandiose sense of self-worth, we both locked up because he was standing underneath a giant oil painting of himself. <laughs> um, so I would say flattery, pandering to their superiority, is something that would probably calm them so down. So you'd be like, oh, you've made this well, very foolproof. <laughs> <laughs> so can I just ask quickly, when you were doing a psychopath test, did you actually you know, have an advert in the press saying, are oh, you a psychopath? Or did you go, are you a high flyer in business? I, John Ronson, the author, I'm very interested in business and high flyers. And then they went, oh, he's written a book about, oh, for far. <laughs> well, I started off being much more honest than I ended up. In my early emails to people like Bernie Madoff, I said, can I come and interview you to find out if you're a psychopath? But then I discovered that none of them you know, were writing back to me. <laughs> so I did change tack after a while. I said, I believe it's possible that you might have a very special brain anomaly that makes you special. Can I come and interview you about your special brain anomaly? And, and they were like, oh, I feel very flattered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here we've got another scenario. It's very exciting. For some convoluted reason, perhaps aliens or something, you need to create some psychos to fight a dirty war. You're given access to some clones of Jeremy Clarkson, but they have the mind of a child. What is the right way to create a psychopath? Oh, I know this. The mother has to be, like, really brutal and, like, unloving, just give no love whatsoever. And then you've got to give them loads of animals and, like, make them torture the animals. I mean, it's weird that I know this, right? Yeah. But, like, make them torture animals, that's a thing that they do. And be a prostitute if you're their mum. <laughs> oh, and make sure they're really bad at, like, um, premature ejaculation. Really bad, <laughs> sure, they're really bad. How do you manage that as the mother? Quite, be quite, like, Again, oh. that's, that's part five. Yeah. This is so dark. I mean, oh. A bit informative. What about, what about the dad? 
I don't know. I'm just thinking from my perspective if I was involved because I wouldn't be the dad. <laughs> Michael, uh, you'd be the dad. How would you create? Well, well that, that's that is how I, I'd create a psychopath. Just you'd get any a- woman that would have sex with me. Uh, if we ever had a child, that child will be a psychopath. There's, there's no question about it, and I'd give it all the axes that a child it, needs. I think a business psychopath, that's a really no, good retirement home for it seems like a cop out to me. I'm an old-fashioned psychopath kind of dad, <laughs> and I want to raise my child <laughs> properly as a psychopath. Um, how would you create a psychopath? Well, most people who work with people who've been labelled psychopaths would probably say that it's actually very difficult to create one and, and really they're putting all that effort yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so they're all nice and made their own t-shirts well <laughs> and, uh, and uh, people are born that way because what about all the psychopaths who had a perfectly nice upbringing and so yeah it seems to be for most people a, a brain anomaly that you're born with and you die with and you only stop being malevolent when you get too old and lazy to get up off the sofa. And in fact, most sort of career criminals give up around the age of 40 or 50, apparently, but most psychopathic ones just carry on till they can you know, barely crawl out of the room to be malevolent. However, I'm sure that if you have a terrible, terrible... Uh, childhood, like the one that you just described. I was it's... just talking about my own childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jo- wow, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe in that. <laughs> it's going to do something to your brain development, and and yeah, uh, you know, the um, nature nurture thing is, as you know, complicated. John, you did a, a fantastic TV series and, and book called Them, and you, amongst the players in that book, were David Icke and mm. Ian Paisley. Yeah. Either of those psychopaths? Well, you know, what's really interesting about David Icke, I've been thinking a lot about David Icke lately, because David Icke believes a race of child-sacrificing, blood-drinking, paedophile lizards have adopted human form, and they're the ones who secretly rule the world. And the reason, the thing that really made me laugh about that was um, you had people on the anti-racist left convinced that when David Icke said blood-drinking, child-sacrificing, paedophile lizards, he was using code, and what he really meant was Jews. And he said, no, no, really, I mean lizards. And, And they said, that's code too. Um, but the reason why I've been thinking a lot about David Icke lately is that you've got eminent psychologists like Robert Hare and Martha Stout, like Harvard people, who were convinced that a kind of different species of human have kind of adopted human form to secretly rule the world, and they're psychopaths. So actually, what Robert Hare believes is kind of really eerily similar to what David Icke believes, yet David Icke is considered yeah, a loon and, and Robert Hare is eminent. I think that's kind of really interesting. But I don't think David Icke's a psychopath. And, I, and actually, I, I rather like Ian Paisley. I was talking to Michael, actually, mm-hmm. about this. Um, I like the fact that he watched our documentary and even though it made fun of him, he kind of really liked it and laughed all the way through and I've always sort of kind of admired... Well, of course he laughed the whole way through because he knows that you're going to burn for all eternity in hell. (laughs) (laughs) He had a nickname, he had a nickname for me, Ian Paisley. It was, uh, my circumcised friend. (laughs) (laughs) If you want, I can knit you a foreskin. (laughs) anything while you're here. Yeah, you're not very successful. Yeah. But go on our podcast. Uh, go on about that goats thing well, if you want. I mean, my book, The Psychopath Test, is um, currently in paperback. Can I plug that? You can. Would you plug our podcast on this podcast for us? <laughs> what are the scores, producer Ben? Michael and Robin have got three, and Margaret and Josie have got four. 
What is the wrongest thing to do in any situation? The winner will get to touch my coccyx. All right, then. <laughs> the round will end when Ben blasts his horn. OK, here goes. One of your shoes is on fire. What is the wrong thing to do? Tell all young people it's the latest trend. <laughs> <laughs> Feel sorry for the other shoe and set that on fire, too. <laughs> you have 24 hours to save the world. What is the wrong thing to do? Is it book a spa day? <laughs> Spa day. I like a spa day. You're an idiot. <laughs> a young person asks you why their parents have got divorced. What is the wrong thing to do? Point at yourself. <laughs> it's the noise. <laughs> this guy. Josie Long. Tell them it's their fault and they can never remedy it. And that the best thing they would the best thing they could do will be to disappear. <laughs> They're only going to think that anyway. You see a man in a wheelchair shoplifting. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, is it um, a stick of pepper army in the spokes? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean anything, is it? Is it to um, deliberately say, I'll help you in this shoplifting, and then fill his area where he's going to help her with running shoes? Oh. Oh, no, that's worse. That Whoa. is pretty Fill long. his area. Sorry, the, the, the round was, I believe, the worst thing to do. Yeah. Something that's disgusting, yeah, right. as opposed to, Robin, what would you do in that situation? <laughs> For fuck's sake. going to go home and think about what we've done but before we do producer Ben what are the scores the scores are Michael and Robin got five but Margaret and Jesse got seven well done to Margaret and Josie that's the end goodbye Do the right thing, you may also enjoy Mustard Comedy Magazine. Jam packed with funny words and pictures, plus huge exclusive interviews with Michael Palin, Graham Linehan, Robin Ince, Stuart Lee, and many more, including guest contributors Alan Moore and Matt Berry. Brilliantly funny, says the BBC. Absolutely cracking, says Channel 4. A satirical gem, says the Telegraph. First class, says the Guardian. You get the idea, people like it. Mustard, as seen in the IT crowd, if you look really closely. Get your mustard at mustardweb.org. Mustard is written in front of a live studio audience. Look, there they are. See? Mustardweb.org. Log it into your Interpod now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.